folks. XQ quality, better than HQ, but no one knows what the X stands for, except for extremely good. <clears throat> Here we go. Welcome to episode 174 of Channel Massive. Now with new recording equipment. Yes, recording equipment equipment that I am boxing up and preparing to send back to Amazon We're because going to it try is out. incompatible. We will be trying out that Amazon return policy firsthand. Yeah. For opened software technology, for open hardware, yeah. please take this back because it does not work with our recording software. Should we mention exactly what that is? And I yes. Should we, should, we, should we give it props just like we did three years ago with the original model? Yeah, that- <laughs> yeah we, we might want to do that. So it's actually the Steel Series. Uh, headset. These are the V2s, the Siberia V2s, which are super comfortable and they're very beautifully designed. And this particular model you can get in red, orange, yellow, green, blue, white, and black. So lots of cool colors. You can what? Really... No taupe? No, no taupe. Puce or salmon? And as a sticker says on the box, and this is the total legitimization of this product, it says, selected for the 52nd Annual Grammy Awards gift bag. <laughs> because that's important. For people to know. So if I'd have gone to that instead of turning it down like I always do, yeah, you I could have had the diva. gift bag. <laughs> you could have had a free Siberia <laughs> headset. But that's... Now, you couldn't have chosen the color, so that's one of the downfalls. Yeah. All that said, for as beautiful as they are and as comfortable as they are, because they've got this cool little stretchy metal cable. You do have the stretchy like a, metal cable. A velour thing that goes on your head. In spite of all that, it totally is incompatible with our recording software sonar. Yes, just like its predecessors were three yeah. years ago. And I had to buy, because we try to use USB connections on our headsets, A, I bought the Siberia little sound card that converts an analog jack to USB. Yes. Because we usually use USB hub and we plug all of our headsets into a four- USB hub and I'm like surely nothing can go wrong but there's some reason why we didn't use these in the past but that was three and a half years ago and I sure don't remember it surely technology has moved on by then no kidding apparently not <laughs> now I'm returning this POS to Amazon oh. and I have been waiting to use these to get this because it was expensive to get this yeah, headset. I know. I've been waiting for like four months because listeners if you've noticed in the past sometimes when I'm on the show he which is pretty much bit. every show <laughs> yeah pretty uh, much You'll hear this weird, like, kind of popping sound. And what it is, is our old Plantronics headsets, which are super awesome. We got them on clearance because they were discontinued or whatever. Yeah. They have these swiveling ear cups, which is really cool. But apparently after four years, I don't know if WD-40 would solve the problem, but... Uh, try and lube it. <laughs> when your jaw moves yeah. and the ear cups swivel, the plastic... When you, on when you masticate too much. Yeah, when you're chewing and chewing and <laughs> chewing in a podcast, as yeah. we're known to do. I'm masticating hear, right now. <laughs> I love that word. <laughs> masticate, masticate, masticate. I, used to, I haven't done that a while, but I, I've teased some people. We go to lunch, and it's like I watch them eat, and I'm like, masticate, 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 <laughs> with each bite. It's it's in a psych, with psycho eyes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm enjoying watching you masticate. <laughs> 
Could you masticate a little faster? Let me record it. Put it on YouTube. <laughs> you know, that reminds me. There's this really cool website that's uh, people crying while they eat. And it's all people videos of it. While they eat. Yeah, and some of it's, I think a lot of it's kind of jokey, but it is kind of funny. To that's watch. really funny. So, listeners, we actually are here to talk about something oh, yeah. relevant to your interest. Slight sidetrack. And the, the show's purpose. We're going to tell you what we've been playing. And both of us have not really... We've talked a little bit about what we've been playing, but not too much. So yeah. you'll actually hear us talking about it as if it's the first time. Although there has been shows in the past yes, where we've pretended like we were talking for the first time, but we fooled you. Mostly because of some technological glitch that we suffered through. <laughs> we're, we record an hour of the show and then yeah. have to re-record it. <laughs> yeah. And by then, usually, Jason would be well into his, <laughs> his drinking... Yeah, you know what, listeners, that reminds Focus. me is the, or I'm sorry, fans, fans, fans. <laughs> I haven't forgotten to call you. Put your, them in their place. Your new promotional title. You've been promoted <laughs> to something. You actually have an emotional attachment to us, and we to you, fans. That's right. So last week I was recording an interview that I did for Airship Travelogs, which is a new Nintendo Dojo podcast, and this seems like a blatant commercial, but I know you guys would be interested in it because it was with Chet Falzik, who was one of the two lead writers. For Half-Life Episode 1 and 2, Left 4 Dead 1 and 2, and also Portal 2, yeah. and Team Fortress. And our we were using Skype for that because I don't live in the same town as Chet does. And frickin' Pamela, our recording software, just decided to stop recording. And oh. I have never had that happen. I didn't do anything. It just did it on its own, and I lost like 10 minutes. Were you telling him, like, this never happens to me? I... I don't know. I did what... say that. I'm like, this is kind of stupid. This hasn't happened before during a Skype call. Only when you finally have a quality interview. Well, usually you'll hear a beep yeah. when it stops recording, like, that it's done recording. But I... Oh, God. And so I asked him a question that was kind of similar to a question that I asked him while we hadn't recorded, while we lost the recording. He's like, I don't know. I feel as though I've answered this question before <laughs> and somebody lost all the recording. Oh. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever, just answer the question. But he has no idea what we've done at Channel Massive, where we've re-recorded entire shows. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because someone's been muted. Or, or asleep. Or, yeah, I've, I've known to fall asleep. And speaking of listeners, I brought Game Fuel over, but we've spent so much time getting ready for this show he's, that I'm almost done with it. He's rapidly depleting his Game Fuel. And that means that if the show just starts to be Mark talking to himself... You'll know that we've lost Noah, who was up till 2 a.m. playing games, to try to be prepared for this episode. Yeah. Uh, ironically, it might be his uh, undoing. Come back to bite me in the ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to talk to you about... What we played, and then after that, we're going to have a roundtable discussion, or actually a two-person discussion, a crossfire discussion, if you yes, will. square table. On Sony's upcoming rival to your Comcast or Time Warner or whoever you use for cable services, and also when the Xbox, uh, the, new, the new Xbox and PS3 or PlayStation, when are those going to come out? There's new rumors on it. We're going to weigh in on whether we think they're legitimate or not. Yeah. If you have any comments on these two topics, or if you'd like to tell us about your preferred headset for podcast recording. Yes. I am in the market. He is in the market. <laughs> I've been in the market for about eight or ten months, actually. Yeah. Let us the know. The money is literally burning a hole in yeah, his pocket. Yeah, it is. It's going back and forth between me and Amazon at an alarming rate. Yeah. Uh, send it into mail. M-A-I-L. At channelmassive.com. We hope you like this episode. Here we go into what we're playing. Someone to hold me tight that would be very nice. Someone to love This episode of Channel Massive is sponsored by UGT Service. 
When you order Ventrilo Hosting from UGT, you get all of the powerful administration features hardcore gamers want and the ease of use that newbie gamers need. With 24-hour tech support, 13 locations worldwide, and a 15-day money-back guarantee, you'd be crazy not to check them out. Head to UGT-Servers.com for all of your Ventrilo hosting needs. Let's get into the meal bag. We have one piece of meal to share with you this week, this episode. Actually, there's two pieces of email, but they're both from the same guy, Adam, who is our volume critiquer. He lets us know how our audio quality is. And he was asking, he's like, why is it that on Skype, it sounds great. And when you record at the quote unquote studio, not so great. (laughs) Well, that kind of gets back to our whole hardware issues and it is different from my recording. I'll see what I can do to address that. I may just totally reinstall Sonar and hope for the best. But beyond that, he also shared some questions with us. First of all, he wanted to know what classes are we looking at for Star Wars The Old Republic. I finally got some hands-on with it. I'm assuming he played the beta. And really enjoyed the agent and smuggler. I thought the cover system that Uh, that was used was interesting and the storylines were great. I really like the suave accent the agent gets and the swarthy demeanor of the smuggler. I also got a few minutes with the bounty hunter and trooper, but didn't care for them as much. Seemed fun, but kind of boring. I didn't really give a crap about any of the Jedi Sith classes, which seems kind of strange. I don't care about the Jedi classes in a Star Wars game, but there you go. Secondly, I heard this on another podcast and wanted to get your opinions on it since it's a pretty important question. What would you rather have, a dog or a cat with superpowers? The dog (laughs) can read anyone's mind and can communicate with you telepathically. Once per day, he can plant a tree anywhere in the world and instantly grows to full maturity. He's also a five-star chef and loves to cook for you. But... (laughs) <laughs> yeah. with the dog the dog must remain within 25 feet of you at all times or you get bone chilling migraines he's also a scorching racist and every time you've, you're around someone who isn't white he constantly ridicules them to you telepathically the voice you hear in your head is the voice of Gilbert Gottfried <laughs> now as for the cat the cat has the power of teleportation. It can teleport you anywhere in the world as long as you're holding him. He does your taxes. You always get the highest possible possible return. And he does them the second you receive your W-2s. If the cat lives to be 20 years or older, he grants you the secret of immortality so you can live forever. He also teaches you one extreme sport of your choice, and you become an expert at it. But... The cat is a pack-a-day smoker and cannot buy cigarettes himself, so you have to do it. He only eats specialty cat food that requires you to drive 20-plus miles out of your way to buy it. He's also diabetic, so you have to supply him with insulin and constantly monitor his sugar levels. Finally, he doesn't like being touched, so he scratches you mercilessly every time you hold him. But remember, you have to hold him if you want to use that teleportation power. Adam. It's kind of a lose-lose scenario there. I think both are equally horrific. I hate racism and I hate Gilbert Gottfried but I also hate being scratched by cats and it sounds tedious. I think I'd have to go with the cat though. Because you can get immortality. Yeah. And conceivably if you have immortality you may live to see technology develop. Well it didn't say the cat would live forever. That's true. It says if the cat lives to be 20 years or older. So if the cat lives to be 20 you get immortality then the cat dies 
You lose some of your advantages, like the great food and all that. Or no, that was at the dog. That's the dog. That's yeah, the chef. You, you lose you lose some things, but you're still immortal, so you can do whatever. Yeah. So I'd take the cat. I would take the cat too, just for the immortality. Yeah. I do like the idea of being able to plant trees all over the world instantly. Right. Maybe more necessary than living forever to see the world blow up, <laughs> because yeah. there's no trees in 200 years or something. But I'd still go for the cat. Yeah. And what about his other question? When you finally get the Old Republic, Mark, because you're the one of us who is doing that. Who is actually doing it. What class is going to be your primary class that you play? I mean, you've had some experience playing the beta. Are you going to stick with what you're doing there? Or play yeah, that's the sad thing is I've, I've tried all the classes, but not as far as a lot of folks have. But enough to know that I really, really just want to be a Sith warrior. So I think that's what I'm going to do is just stick with that one. You know, and then that did look like one of the more interesting classes to me as well. If I get bored with it, I promised myself that before I ditch the game, I'll play the smuggler because I think that one's interesting, and I think the imperial agent is also a really cool class. Yeah. Um. um but but I have to say, playing them, like if, aside from what I think would be cool to become ultimately, like a you know a Sith warrior or a super stealthy secret agent, the um, the uh, the 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 uh. What do you not the, the alliance or whatever the the trooper is really fun to play just because you blow stuff up a lot. I mean you have like you know these bazooka like things that just blow the hell out of stuff. So as far as feeling powerful, a republic trooper, I think that's what they're yeah, called. Yeah, like a they, stormtrooper. They things. they are fun to play. I mean you just are blowing the crap out of stuff. So that's kind of cool. It's interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't have ever thought I'd have liked it, but I, I did try that one out, and I was like, I could really kind of start to dig this because it's a different way. You know, you're ranged, but you're ranged but heavily armored, and your stuff that you're shooting people with is like knocking them back and blowing stuff up. That's pretty cool. So that's cool. What are you gonna do when you I... hypothetically play the game? Interestingly, I was kind of leaning towards the classes that you mentioned. I was intrigued by the Inquisitor. Is it the Jedi Inquisitor or the Seth Inquisitor? I can't remember. It's a Jedi Counselor and Counselor, it's a Sith yeah, Inquisitor. Or counselor or whatever. Yeah, yeah, those two sounded kind of interesting just because they sound more diplomatic and conversational. Right. But I know ultimately that's not what the game is about. It's still about grinding through right. dungeons and killing things and then... Other stuff that irritates me about the game that I still can't say. <laughs> but so with that in mind, I remember when I watched the video for Sith Warrior and I'm like, wow, that character looks really cool. He looks like a lot of fun, even though he's evil. So I would think that. And I was also intrigued by the smuggler because like so many people, I just love Han Solo and I'd li- love to see what kind of missions that character would have and yeah. see what the storyline would be with uh, companion characters and stuff. And I was intrigued by the trooper just because I'm like, how are you going to make that interesting? And it sounds like they found a good way to do it with core gameplay mechanics of blowing things up. Right, right. That would be really satisfying because I do love long-range mortar attacks in any game. Right. Whether it was with Dynamite and City <laughs> of Heroes or Cogma yeah. and League of Legends. Yeah, there's something fun about that. Yeah. Well, Thank cool. you very much, Adam, for the entertaining... Yeah. Two for one email. Those, those questions you asked aren't the normal kind of questions. Um, <laughs> but this has been kind of a different kind of episode yeah. to begin with. We spend a lot of time talking about 
headphones, sleep deprivation, talked about cable t- television. Yeah. So a little bit weird. We hope you liked it though. And next please, week we'll tell you how to build a better mousetrap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you can tell us what you think about that or anything else by sending your feedback into mail. M-A-I-L. At channelmaster.com. Yep. Thanks for writing in. Bring us more. Sonoa, what were you playing last night that kept <laughs> you up till 2 a.m.? Explain yourself. Explain yourself. Exactly. So when I was editing last week's podcast, I felt a little bit guilty because... And I couldn't even listen to it all again, as I sometimes do. I just look for where are the biggest mistakes or what are the things that I know that I need to edit out. But I did not re-listen to myself complaining about Uncharted. Because... <laughs> <laughs> In hindsight, you maybe went on a little long on that one. I might have, (laughs) but I wasn't going to say anything. It was balanced out by as much as Mark went on about Rocksmith. Right when I when I was putting my journalistic integrity on the line and and, um, basically retracting my previously stated opinions for the last two years. That's true. That's true. It was an emotional moment. It was. We had a good cry off the air. There there was laughter. There was crying. My cat gently held me later that night. <laughs> after she puked after a few she, times. After <laughs> she vomited all over the basement. <laughs> that was a lovely experience that listeners didn't get to participate in. Yeah, we'll record that next time. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a video. Get a microphone right in there. Have you ever wondered how much hair a cat can have in their stomach oh, at one time? gross! <laughs> well, we'll find out. Here we go. Science. All right, so last week you may recall that I was... Playing Uncharted kind of on principle because I own all three games now. And I'm like, I'm going to get through this game. I don't care if it has endless waves of mercenaries that really piss me off and can take 20 bullets on easy. And there's no auto-aim assist. So uh, my my gaming buddy, Chris, came over. And I checked with him before he came over. I'm like, do you want to play Uncharted again and continue our death march? I'll understand if you don't want to. And we can play Dead Space and... Castlevania and other games that we wanted to play through that are a year plus old. And he's like, no, I'm cool with playing Uncharted. I'm like, all right, I'll get better at headshots and we'll just continue. Cause it's like, I handle all the shooting segments and then he would do all the platforming keeps it, you know, keeps it fair. Yeah. And I'll be darned, but we really got into it and had a great time. And I just didn't want to stop playing it because we just kept going and going and going. And oh, that's cool. the first five minutes, because we were stuck in this level, I guess the first 10 or 15 minutes was kind of rough because it was this on one of the, one of the ridiculous areas. But as, after you get past those first four or five chapters, the pace starts to pick up and the, the, the chapters aren't quite as long oh, that's and cool. there isn't genuinely a repeat segment. There might be one, but it felt like kind of a boss area. So I didn't feel too bad about it, but there wasn't an area where it was like, Oh, there's about a, there's a, a little grassy clearing in a forest that's about the size of half of a football field, and you're going to be swarmed by guys on one side, and then the other side, and then the other side, and then the other side, back and forth, and back and forth. There wasn't any of that. Until crap. you're dead. But there's like cool story moments, great voice acting, great oh, facial cool. capturing, really cool Tomb Raider moments, just really great level design where you may be going through this building like a church or something on the ground <clears> floor taking cover behind pews and it's it's you can read it a mile away it's like oh we've come into a room with a bunch of uh waist high barricades there's mm. going to be a bunch of shooting here <laughs> always happens and so there are pews this time that were knocked over i'm like all right i get handed the controller because it's time to shoot and so i hide behind the pew and shoot 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 but then it's like 
half an hour later, we've gone through all these caves. We've gone through some other levels, but now we've come back to this church and we're on the second floor. Oh. And there's all this cool platforming and jumping across chandeliers and oh, grabbing cool. onto ledges. And it's just, it, they re the developer Naughty Dog does a really good job of reusing really beautiful environments, right? But in ways that don't bore you and still seem really well designed. That's cool. So we went from chapter five to chapter sixteen. Jeez. And there are twenty-two chapters. Oh, and now we're heading jump. into this big surprise thing that I won't spoil for people who haven't played it and think they might play it sometime. There's some kind of twist. I don't know what it is, but I'm I've been making some guesses and I'm like it's going to be this. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be totally cool. We'll see if I'm right. I'll let you That's guys know cool. next time. I played also with Scott. Scott. Not Scott in Afghanistan. From the south. Scott in the south. <laughs> he actually had a break from his busy schedule and he was playing with his friend Pokemon. Pokemon. Jin Pokemon. <laughs> actually, his friend's name is Sethamon, but I've always called him Pokemon. That's Pokemon. Oh, yeah. Sethamon. Yeah. So, yeah. And Scott is Marcus V, if you're into League of Legends. So I got on there and Scott invited me to a game of Dominion with with Sethamon and we played that and then Sethamon signed off and we played some more and it was just great it was really That's cool to great. play with him again because I haven't really played with him probably since September I guess yeah, I haven't played much October League of Legends period and he used the the Pax Siver skin. Oh, that's cool. I love one that of the skin. Games. And I'm like, oh, it takes me back to my memories of Seattle. I love that skin. And it's a really cool skin. Yeah. It's so atypical for the game. Yeah, it's really but Yeah, cool. League of Legends is still a great game. I've also played a lot of D-Blob too. I'm trying to like pick one game on each system. That's cool. That I'm going to play through. I think I want to make Portal 2 my official PC game aside from League oh, of Legends. Oh, that's a good choice. I really want to play that. You got it's through a... that, didn't you? I didn't finish it. No. I, um... Portal 1, I just blazed through. Portal 2, I started playing and got distracted by something. I don't remember what, but I never never got back to finish. So Yeah, that's going to be my next project. So I'll be juggling those, and I'll keep you posted. Cool. What about you, Mark? What have you been playing? Well, I've been playing... I gave up on my iPhone Tower Defense Lost Earth game. For real? Yeah, I mean, I got That's about halfway surprise. through everything on hard where you don't lose any lives, and I just kind of ran out of Did steam. Did you hit the wall? I've been at it for months, and yeah, I'm at this one level. It's just so hard. I decided to take a break. But I was clocking a lot of hours in that game, really. <laughs> yeah, you did. You it's did. the only iPhone game that's ever... Well, besides maybe Plants vs. Zombies, that... Oh, I love that series. was really worth the money, you know, to me. That game, yeah. Plants vs. Zombies quite awesome. And if you have a small child, Tuzzle is really good, too. It's a little puzzle game. That they can make puzzles, and then after they make them, they, are, they like, make noises and do stuff. Like, you, you put together a Simon. Remember the Simon thing? And then after you do that, you can actually play it. Cool. Oh, that's cool. It's really cool to watch a two-and-a-half-year-old put it together. That is pretty cool. It's like, you're like, holy cow. <laughs> They're, that generation really understands the whole touchscreen thing more than we do. You know, it's so intuitive. Like, yeah. pretty neat. But, um, yeah, I've been playing, um, mostly I've been playing Rocksmith. You know, I had my big retraction <laughs> um, hour last week. And then I've been playing quite a bit and um, have, you know, as I've been getting better at it, it's throwing more stuff at me. And then I realized I should have really read about how to play chords in it. Like, I didn't quite understand. Funny because you're a really good guitar player, so oh, it's not like for... you're not familiar with oh. any of these topics. I mean, you've been in bands, you've played all sorts of guitar. Yeah, I just didn't realize the way they were showing the chords. So they show you the chord. Uh, if it's going to be the same chord in a row multiple times, 
Then they show these little brackets. It's like a pulsating they, line or something, isn't it? Yeah, kind of. It's kind of like a bracket that pulsates a little bit. And I think they do it so it doesn't clutter up the screen, so you can still kind of see what's coming at you. It's really quite brilliant once you understand that. But when oh. I saw it, I didn't like intuitively figure out strum, strum, that strum. I was supposed to keep strumming it with to the beat. And so I was like, I don't know what that is. And I, I, I thought maybe it's just a free-to-play kind of thing. But no, it wants you to actually strum it when the Each pulses time you see come a pulse through. On there, yeah. And so I had I was stuck on the song at like at like intermediate mode, and it was just like I couldn't get past it. And then like I realized exactly. Well, I went. I did. I did some challenges, and one was the tremolo picking challenge, which is where you play like a cool surfer rock song, like oh, something sweet. that should be on um, Pulp Fiction, like a Dick Dale song. Yeah, like some that should be part of the Pulp Fiction soundtrack, and that's really fun. And then another one's a chord challenge, and that's when it finally clicked for me. So then I went back to that song and like got challenge. like something like I could not get the score, and then I got like six times the score I needed, and then it took me up to a whole other bracket of difficulty. So that was really cool, and I've been playing that quite a bit. And I was like telling myself, well, there's no reason for me to even you know worry about playing anything else. And then this guy at work was talking about Skyrim and how cool it was. Yeah, you were and, debating getting onto the hype train. You were like so susceptible to the hype train, Mark. I know. And so I was like, all right, I just one night it was just an impulse buy. It's so easy with Steam it always to do is that. with you, Mark. It's always an impulse buy. Yeah, like that hooker. It's shameful. I know. <laughs> But she turned out to be a pretty good maid, so, you know, it works. As long as the wife doesn't know. Naked maid you, service. You, yeah, naked maid service. But, um, service. But yeah, the, um, I've, so I've been playing Skyrim a bit, and it's starting to really compete with Rocksmith for time, because it's mm. quite good. It's, it's you know, it's all that. Uh, it's 94, all that. 94 Metacritic score, you know, I mean. Well, you know. I think uh, there's a lot of games out there that got fantastic Metacritic scores, but that doesn't mean it's the game for you. But I hope yeah. that maybe this will be the one that turns uh, you favorably into a, an open-world gamer. Probably not, but so far I'm enjoying it quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so cynical. Yeah. I, it was almost half of it was just as like a a test to see if my gaming system still can stand up, you know, after all this time. Yeah, I, it's got some really sweet geometry and texture oh, work, which is, it's it's a big step up from the old. It is. I mean, Oblivion was gorgeous. Games. No one would really say Morrowind was gorgeous, but Oblivion was. You know, Fallout 3 was, like, so gritty and realistic, it was cool. This is, like, a whole other level. It looks a lot like kind of what we thought Age of Conan would be like, but well, Age of Conan did look like that. You say that a lot, and nah. I distinctly remember us thinking well, that Age of Conan looked fantastic. Well, the videos, at the, time. the videos, the in-game videos they gave us were really like the best parts. I think there's parts of Age of Conan, like especially some of the monsters and um, some of the summoned creatures, that I thought looked really crappy. You know, like anything the demonologist summoned, I thought looked just horrible. Uh, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So there were some things in this. Doesn't, I thought the environment, the world looked The beautiful. environment was awesome, although I, I dare say that, you know, after all these years, Skyrim does a better job with that, and the weather effects are killer. Well, gee whiz, it's been three years, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let it go, Noah. Let it go, Age of Conan's been... <laughs> Comparing Age of a three-year-old game to... A game that was just released last All right. week. I'll now compare <laughs> EverQuest to World of Warcraft. Yeah, and then seriously, I'll finish I'll that, that off by comparing City of Pac-Man. Heroes to DC Universe Online. Oh, I was going to compare like Pac-Man to um, mm. Mario 
Super Mario Galaxy. Galaxy, yeah. yeah. Just to be fair. It's like Mario Galaxy, kind of what, what I was expecting Pac-Man to look yeah, like. Yeah, I'm really disappointed in Pac-Man. Like, the, the artwork for the Pac-Man <laughs> arcade cabinet really set my expectations. Yeah. A little high. I don't know why they couldn't realize that vision. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a hard time marking Such a out. pale imitation of the real world. You really have to use your imagination to yeah. see that. <laughs> Space Invaders looks nothing like the cabinet. Not art. at all. <laughs> but anyway... Um, I would say it's pretty awesome, and, and even though it's an open-world game, I still find myself playing it and liking it quite a bit, and actually exploring well, so a lot. So, like, you playing it really? Are you playing it more exploratory or yeah. very linear, linearly? Well, I was trying. I'm trying to play it ex- in an exploratory way because that's kind of what I'm supposed to embrace, and I'm sure I could. But it is doing a pretty good job of keeping me on track with the storyline so far. I'm mm. way at the beginning, not compared to some people I'm talking to who are like way into it. But um, I'm enjoying that. I'm enjoying the combat. The art is really a lot better than I think the last two were. Um, or something more compatible with my tastes in, in you know, game animation and art. Because a lot of stuff just I don't like. Um, especially Morrowind. It was, like, horrible. It seemed like all the characters' like Everquest, names were... Really. They basically took, like, combinations of names and threw them in a bowl and then pulled the two pieces of paper out and, like, concatenated them. You know, it was like, and it just seemed really random and, and just, I I'd never, I just couldn't stand it. And in Oblivion, I liked more, but like I say, I was gamer interrupted or something when I was playing that and never finished. This one really is doing it for me, so. That's pretty much been my experience. I didn't play a single game clock a single minute of League of Legends, which is a real shocker. And I played a little bit of uh, the Old Republic beta. Oh, that reminds me. I actually am going to get another crack at the Old oh, Republic cool. beta. I was given an email. I was sent an email saying, hello. <laughs> it, it kind of felt like this, like, you've been selected to participate in the beta again. And I think it's because I put a lot of, well, probably more thought into my feedback form than some people oh, did. And cool. I put some big responses in because I really would like to get another chance to try it. Yeah. It's just the thing is, is they haven't told me when it, that period is going to be. Oh, that's sucky. And they said, uh, stay tuned for an, a future upcoming email, which will tell you what your testing session is. I'm like, I want to know because this yeah. is like holiday weekend time stuff. And Got a plan. there's not a lot of free time left between yeah. now and December 20th. So. That's a great point. But I'm going to get in there and I'm going to play an evil character like you did. And I really enjoyed being evil. Like, I think the suggest. Sith um, warrior or the Inquisitor are both really cool storylines to really get the full flavor. And uh, Yeah, because I was playing some Jedi something or other, and it's just kind of bland. Yeah. how I felt. I was playing very good because that's usually how I would roleplay something. It's really enjoyable to try to be as evil as possible. <laughs> I'm enjoying being written, and to make my Twi'lek slave girl happy, I have to be cocky to my superiors, and that keeps her affectionate towards me, so <laughs> I have to do that, too. I also dress her in a miniskirt, which is just for me. That's just a personal preference. Yeah. Why not? If you can do it, do it. Yeah. So You're embracing it. I am. I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's been, that's been my weekend gaming. So, Noah, what would you say if I said you could cancel your Comcast (laughs) and use your gaming console to be your 
way of accessing TV shows. Not just like, you know, per download, but as maybe with a subscription or something like that. I'd be into it. I think it'd be a cool option. But wait, it just gets better. No, I don't know. It doesn't really just get better. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it looks like Sony and Microsoft are both kind of trying to position themselves to bypass cable. Yeah, and they both have kind of implicitly done it by putting Netflix and yeah. Hulu Plus, and with the Xbox, they have the ESPN partnership on there. And Zune and yeah, the, and it's it's really cool. It's it's helping from that perspective, but Sony's actually trying to put together a full blown network. Package. Yeah, package rival yeah. that would be kind of like signing up for Dish or Comcast or Time Warner or whatever, oh. except. There would be some subtle differences. Sony has been meeting with media companies to include NBC Universal, Discovery, and News Corp, which is Fox. And well, you wouldn't want to not have that. Is, is looking to <laughs> secure channels from those companies. But the thing is, is it's not going to be a comprehensive offering. So Sony's service would be more selective. Curated right. is yes. another way to spin that. <laughs> That's a great way to say it. But the the bonus to that is that Sony would recognize that this is all conjecture at this point. Still, I believe it's well, it's from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, so it's but still second. Oh, that rag. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tabloid. <laughs> but still, as this isn't a formal announcement, but Sony is in talks with media companies to make a service that's curated, but it's going to be. A cheaper alternative and if there's one thing that has kept me from actually having cable service because i don't have it i haven't had it since 2001 yet somehow you press on every day day somehow i make it through life much like the zombies in walking dead that just really (laughs) yes should just lay down and die you keep going on (laughs) it's the worst is when people are like hey do you like such and such i'm like i love that show i'm like oh what'd you think the last episode i'm like well I've been watching it on DVD yeah. or elsewhere, so I'm actually a whole year behind you in terms of right. watching this show, so I can't really speak to whatever's going on right now. But if, if Sony could do that, I, I think it, it might almost, if I had the time to watch television, yeah. get me back into it. Because I think that cable, even if you bundle it with phone and internet like they always try to spend or yeah. bundle it with your phone uh, cell phone service, it's prohibitively expensive. Well, I wonder if the episodic content that they provided would be commercial free or not because it would be a different model I I doubt that Uh, I'm not sure in fact Sony's even having issues with trying to set up this network because the the media providers NBC, Discovery, News Corp they're worried about damaging their relationships with Comcast and Time mm, Warner right. and all that. And so it's just like, man, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, right? monopolies suck. You know, things like this, you have to get behind them as a consumer because they're whether, whether or not you think Sony is pure evil or not, yeah. competition is still good for us as consumers. And, Definitely, and you that know? is an area that is almost completely dominated by major yeah. corporations. So, like, the more people that are, you know, jumping into the pool and saying, hey, we've got a different way to do it, the better for us. Um, yeah, and what shocks me is that it continues to get more expensive. Every year. I don't, I mean, I think if you looked at the cable bill that I pay, I mean, it has outpaced 
my, you know, any chance of a raise or, you know, it's outpacing yeah. inflation. It's definitely outpacing the ability for me to keep up with it as far as, you know, salary expanding as you get older. Yeah. It's, it's a horrible bill every month. I mean, it's like... For something you know, that you couldn't, unless you were unemployed and watching TV all day and had no responsibilities, could do you really get all of your money's worth with as much as it keeps increasing, increasing, increasing? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. As much as I download, as much as I use Netflix now, and yeah. your way that you become accustomed to watching TV series, with the exception of like how we watch True Blood, because we usually get together, a group together to watch that, right? Yeah. But... And we, that's current, right? That's the night. But I much prefer to watch, like, a whole season in a brief period yeah. of time yeah. than spread out. And I especially like to watch it without commercials. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Because to not have to, you know, 44 minutes and an hour are two totally different things. I mean, really, you can you can really quickly watch two episodes in an, less than an hour and a half. Exactly, which is less time. Yeah. That's a huge time difference. And even if you're, like, fast-forwarding through the commercials, it's still time, right? It's still, you're still, you know, Cumbersome. so mm -hmm. I really like that. I like, I really like to watch these series on Netflix or, mm -hmm. you know, some other source, I guess I'd say. Um, so I, I think it's a cool thing. I You know, I don't know that Sony's going to really knock this one out of the park. It could be a boondoggle. Um, yeah. Well, you know? you know, I think they're trying to probably keep step ahead of Apple, which is right to be working on reinventing the television. Well, you know, they've got their Apple TV thing going. They yeah, got, but this is like they're making a real right. full on. Just, they're going to make a television set. Right. I don't know. If, can we call it that anymore? Call <laughs> it, it an ITV? A television set. A tele yeah, I don't know. That what will like it be Apple called? Like iVideo? i well, I mean, eye potato, because you'll be an eye couch potato. Probably right? ITV. I think ITV. you're right. Yeah. Although I swear that's the name. IVID. There's an acronym. There's some company out there with those initials. No. But yeah, I I think it's good. I, you know, I hope all of them succeed to some extent to be able to not to make like Time Warner and Comcast not be and Cox not be like the only exactly the only shows in town for, yeah and then or, charging or, such exorbitant or, rates or, you know or satellite which is the same pricing model pretty much I yeah mean, um i i hope they're successful the interesting thing will be most of most people get their bandwidth still through comcast for cable modems so even if you even if you're like yeah i'm free of comcast i don't watch cable but they still are my internet connection it'd be the same for like yeah. Cox. time warner is huge my neighbor Right next door is a is a big wig at um, Time Warner doing IT, right? Even mm -hmm. though there's nothing local to him, so it's kind of funny. Wow. Um, you know, they're they're the markets that they're in are you know they're all over. It's yeah. like this is Comcastville right here, here yeah. right? And Cox is like kind of in the, the east. southeast and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I really hope that these guys are in some way successful. Just just because I. I believe, you know, the consumer needs a break. Well, and that's really what the internet has been giving us too. Yeah. With, uh, with Netflix, especially, I mean, Hulu plus is something that's made from those media, same media conglomerates trying to cut out the cable minimum. Right. And apparently can't get itself sold, which is surprising. Yeah. But that has helped some people cut the cable. But the funny thing is, is I read stories that cable subscribers are up. More people are paying for super expensive cable and then paying for premium channels on top of that. I know. Freaking Showtime and HBO make so many great I know. exclusive shows. 
And that's that's something I need to do is let go of HBO probably because I pay for that because I've got there's so many series on there that I love. I never watch movies on there anymore. I can't remember because of Netflix. There's just almost no point. But the series, I like to watch them the day they're on, you know. And it's so weird. I remember what constituted HBO when I was a kid in the 80s. Oh, It's so different from what I think of it as now. Right. It changed. So did MTV. Yeah. I was like, Mm. wow, HBO is like a fancy alternative to going to a video store. Yeah. Even though the movies are like super old most of the time. And that's still the case, which kind of surprised me when I look at the movie offerings. I'm like... I mean, oh. you guys, they're not, this isn't that good. I know, there's what's in the theater, and then after that, there's what goes straight to DVD and shows up as, like, pay-per-view, and then somewhere after that, <laughs> there's what's on HBO and Showtime, Yeah. and then way after that is, like, um, Cinemax, I think, <laughs> and Stars and stuff. But yeah, man, they offer, their television shows are so great. And the, yeah. what's funny is my mom goes through that song and dance every year. She's done it for, I think, the last three years because we got... I got them into True Blood as well. She'll sign up for HBO for three months, and then she'll cancel oh. it. And then she signs up, and she cancels it every year. She only year. watches it when True Blood's on. Yeah, and it's like that has got to drive them insane. I don't They're know like, how they... Damn, these savvy consumers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny. But that is Game of Thrones is HBO, too. Yeah, that's it? HBO. So that'll keep her subscribed a little bit longer. Yeah. But Boardwalk Empire did not. Nah, that she actually didn't... switched to Showtime so she could watch Dexter. Well, Dexter's awesome. Such a great show. Yeah, but Dexter's a prime example of one that's really cool to watch kind of all together if you can. That's so true. I've, I've watched all of it on DVD, and I definitely prefer it that way. Yeah, I really have enjoyed it because that's how I watched it. I never had, I've never had a Showtime subscription since maybe when I was a kid, and it was cheap. Yeah. You know, but yeah, Dexter's pretty good. Well, anyway, what else do we have in the news tonight? So also looking into the future beyond the services that our consoles could offer, it's getting about that time, at least according to some analysts, that we really start getting hyped up for the next Xbox and the next PlayStation. Time to be hyped up about all of the systems and peripherals for them that we have being essentially valueless in short periods. And this is just so stereotypical of the gaming press because... I remember reading stories early this year, or maybe even late last year, that Microsoft was supposed to reveal the new Xbox at this year's E3. And, of course, it did not reveal a new Xbox. And right. we've got Michael Pachter out there saying that, I, I believe, and I apologize if I'm misquoting you here, but I think he said the soonest he thought consoles were going to come out, new Xbox, new PlayStation, would be 2013 or 2014. Which certainly made me feel better about buying a playstation 3 (laughs) in the last month and having to replace my 360 also in the last month but edge which is a video game industry magazine out there has said that regardless of what the analysts are saying the developers of the video games the big houses are apparently working actively on software for the next 360 with get this a late 2012 launch plan so this time next year there could be a new xbox being released according to edge specifically ubisoft montreal which i think is the assassin's creed people and quote-unquote certain ea studios are working on target boxes so it's not actual dev kits from microsoft but they're buying stuff off the shelf at the store and cobbling together 
an approximation of what that hardware is so that they can prepare their launch games right. for the system that come out. I, I don't know how I feel about this. I feel like we're still in a prime. It's so weird because previous generations, we were so trained and it was, it was completely normal to think about the four year mark. These consoles are old. Oh yeah. Gosh, the graphics are so old. So dated. And yeah, there's still some good games, but it is so time to move on. You always got like a little bit of a bump because the developers had figured out like all the tips and tricks on how to extend or utilize the hardware fully, you know, which was cool. And some, some console games really took advantage of that. And you were like, Oh my gosh, like the raster thing or, or the, um, what would you call it? Uh, not rasterized, but, um, vector. No, the the one where you have like different layers of parallax? background parallax scrolling. Yeah. Like when they first figured that out and you were like, Oh my god. It had so much depth to it, it's like it's three D. Yeah, you yeah. know, this moves at this speed, that moves at that speed, and that thing in the back moves even faster. I still slower. love that. Oh I, I do. I'm, I'm still a total sucker dork for, for parallax that. scrolling. Even today. Yeah. I'm like, how many layers just moved? And I I'll like move back and forth just to count them. It's really cool. It's a yeah. cool effect. It's a cheesy effect considering the technology today where everything's just 3d and it just does it but but still, still in some games if it's done well if it's done artistically yeah uh, it's something that can truly be appreciated just like yeah. classical art yeah totally but anyway sorry to interrupt yeah, you but that's fine so in addition to uh, this new xbox successor being rumored for 2012 which it, this is the second time that this rumor has been brought up. Even just last week, it came up, new Xbox in 2012, whereas before we were going with 2013, 2014 numbers. In addition to all of that, Edge has Edge Magazine also got another source telling the magazine that at least one of Sony's major first-party studios is working on a launch game for PlayStation 4. Wow. But there's no date applied to that. And if history repeats itself, then Sony will yet again come out last (laughs) with its console, which was fine in some generations, but did not help the company this last generation. Definitely didn't, didn't do them any. So let's, let's suppose that Xbox 720, we'll just call it that or Xbox three, which, which would you prefer 720 or three? Um, 720 is less confusing. Yeah, probably, probably three. Just would you prefer it's more confusing? <laughs> would you prefer it? Or, or first of all, would you pref- would you be happy about it coming out next year, or would you be happy waiting? I'd be happy waiting just because. I mean, we were talking we were talking about Skyrim tonight, and so you know, you and I built these pretty killer gaming rigs, right? And I understand that. The Skyrim on the 360 looks just about the same as a. And the, Rage these, got a whole bunch of compliments too for having such beautiful graphics. Yeah, so it seems like it's still holding up. Um, so I'd rather what they come out with, you know, take a little longer and be a real evolutionary step beyond where we're at than just a yeah. slightly overclocked 360 that maybe doesn't have shitty DVDs. Well, it's so weird because, like, we really are aware of the margin of diminishing returns that we yeah. know inherently that the next machines are going to look, the graphics are going to look nice. They'll be impressive, but it won't yeah. be such a huge jump forward where it's that exciting. Like, yeah. Oh, here you go again. Let's spend it a three, four hundred, five hundred dollars. Yeah. What, what, what will it, what would it be? Right. It'll be like, they'll have 
you know, the processor will be fa- or processors will be faster. Yeah. Maybe there'll be more parallelization or something more like RAM. that. Um, yeah, more RAM. The hard drives will be bigger. They'll probably use Blu-ray for the discs instead of um, DVD now that it's actually a standard and isn't being, you know, contested with HD yeah. DVD. Um, maybe it'll be more designed for downloadable content than because that's an emerging thing that's actually putting the herd on GameStop in another article, which we yeah. won't dig into tonight. Um, so, with taking all that in, into account, can I wait two more years for that? Or three? Yeah, probably, because I'd really rather it be more evolutionary. Maybe 3D, maybe, you know, something something more advanced than just... Uh, Do you think that these new systems from Microsoft and Sony, going off what you just mentioned... Do you think they should have connect and move built into them? Yeah, I think that should be standard operating. In addition to regular controller? Yeah, I do. So offering both? Oh yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's a it's a new standard. Even though I don't have a connect yet, uh, which it would I'm a 360 guy, so yeah, I have. Well, I have a I have a Wii as well, but I just can't seem to get the nerve together to get the <laughs> vitality sensor. So I'm totally un, in step with everything, but um. All kidding aside, um, I think, yeah, I think that that should be the standard for controllers and, you know, interaction now. So motion controls should be a... Yeah, motion control, that whole, like, um, you know, recognizing the, 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 the player and the scenery and all the stuff that, the, that we're starting to see now from the Kinect. Or maybe some combination. Maybe the controllers for the 360 should be, you know, more like the Move controllers and the Kinect should be standard for both, you know? That kind of technology where it's no so after those two questions my next follow-up question is why do you think microsoft assuming this is true would want to be getting a system out next year if there's not as much frenzy and economically or psychologically to get well, a new system well it definitely is that's a great question because they're still getting the same amount in royalties from developers who are developing to their platform, and they have established themselves in a really good place, right? So what's the motivation? Because in order to be competitive, the gaming platforms from all of them are going to almost be a zero return, or you know, a net zero kind of... It's going to be a loss, probably. Usually it is a loss. I thought they were trying to get away from that, but usually you do take a loss on your console so that you're your um, licensing, you know, can make up for it. So I don't know what the incentive would be unless it's just keeping up with the Joneses, but that seems like a horrible, you know, seems like a horrible strategy. I would, I would almost say if I was Microsoft or, you know, whoever, Sony, I'd be, I'd say whatever the other people are saying, but secretly have my own plan and my own timeline. Oh yeah. You know, and just be like, oh, you know, we've, we decided not to release the Xbox 3 or whatever until, you know, it can actually be something different. Than and something that I think is pretty telling, and this, of course, could change, but in the last week, 343 Studios, who have taken over on development of Halo games, went on record in saying that, yeah, we're working on Halo 4, but it is not being developed for the new Xbox. It's being developed for the current Xbox. Yeah. And that's yeah, I, like the system-selling series for them. I just don't think it makes sense. And we talked about this offline, but we might as well add on to it. You know, one of the big things in, in 
um, PC development and is ap applicable definitely to gaming consoles, which are really just, you know, PCs that are, you know, kind of limited in what you can they're do. Crystallized. They're, they're computers. I mean, yeah. Um, so Moore's law is the rule that says that, or used to say that every 18 months, the computing power is going to double for about the same price. Right. Yeah. Or, so that, that rule made a lot of sense when we had a lot of room to go as far as miniaturizing our, um, components. But now we're starting to get so small that, you know, we're getting closer and closer to, you know, like the, the, the atomic level almost, you know, or yeah. the molecular level. We're getting, we're getting to the limits of how small we can miniaturize before we run into freaky ass quantum effects. Right. So <laughs> they've said it's slowing down. Well, they had originally anticipated that the law would hold up until like 2020, but recently they've kind of refactored that. And they're saying as early as 2013, it probably will stretch out to three years where computing processor power doubles Right, so that's a huge thing as far as impact to the console games and PC gaming as well. Yeah, no because when kidding. when you're just used to this stuff doubling and doubling and doubling and doubling, and 18 months goes fast, and suddenly it's three years. That means these consoles should have, you know, as long as the components don't wear out. I mean, I'm on my second 360. You're on your second 360. Mm -hmm. I mean, sad to say, but you know, I mean. We may well be saddled with these things for a while, um, and I, I I think that adds that adds on to the whole fact that consoles have more of a more longevity than they did previously. You know what I'm curious, listeners? Would you write in if any of you can speak to this? I'm wondering how much our age and just experience with video games, growing up with video games. Now we're adults who can buy our own video game systems, and we hopefully are, I don't know, not quite as mercurial or quickly bored with our hardware. I'm curious if younger generations of gamers, if age has anything to do with it, like if you're a younger gamer, if you're like, yeah, I'm bored, I want the next system, this other system is old. I don't think they would be, but it'd be interesting to hear if there is some kind of difference generationally between like uh, whether or not you're interested in getting a new piece of hardware or not yeah that's a good point that would be i'd be interested to hear that too listeners let us know are you looking forward to if if, if an xbox were going to come out next year would you get it and if so under what conditions whether it's price what games are available what the type what the controller scheme is how much of it's digital versus retail let us know what, what your opinion is on that and would you get a 360 or a ps3 or would you are you like forget it i've got my ipad i've got my gaming system right. in the future, and i don't need any more stupid consoles send in your thoughts to mail email at channelmassive.com that is a wrap for just gonna say this that. episode yep yeah 174 is in the can as they say yeah we really appreciate you listening to us in this episode and hope to get some feedback for you for for from you for next week and without further ado we will be back next week best podcast in the world I play Channel. World of Warcraft
Warcraft for ten years. If I can't play Diablo 3 soon, I might just kill myself.